Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Carolyn. And now may the words of my mouth, but the meditations that are received from all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God, our Savior. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive away the chaff that we may truly understand. Amen. You know, how often have you ever heard it said, our faith, our church, our country, our morals, our way of life. Well, you know, everything is, is just going to the dogs. Have you ever heard that? Well, apparently, Jesus has done just that. He, by his own admission, is throwing the focus and the purpose of his mission and his ministry right to the dogs. Now, Jesus, to set the stage up here, he has just come away. He's been giving a teaching. And, and the teaching he just gave before, the, 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 just a few verses before what Carolyn read, it was on clean and unclean status. And he was talking about unclean foods. And he had just stood the conventional thinking of all the matters from the Pharisees and the scribes and the Jewish way of doing things, set them all on their heads. I mean, he's thrown it all to the dogs. And his accusers, the ones that loved him so much, the Pharisees and the scribes, I'm sure they were muttering very kind things behind his back as he walked away. Now, he himself is confronted by a clean, unclean, issue. And he finds now the tables are reversed over what he'd been talking about. He now is in the position the Pharisees and the scribes were just a short time ago. But he handles this very similar confrontation, and, and, it, and it's quite different, and it's, and it's a model of, for how we are to approach these kind of issues. These situations of, of clean and unclean with which we will inevitably find ourselves confronted. 
So here we go. We, we have an unclean woman. And, and when I say unclean woman, she is a foreigner. She's a Canaanite. Oh my gosh, she was one of, of, of Israel's traditional enemies. And here this woman is, she approaches Jesus. And, and she's asking him to heal her unclean daughter. Because, you see, her daughter is possessed by, by a demon. But we are told that Jesus didn't even answer her. He just ignored her. Why? Why is he silent? I'm sure that in those days she was probably very shrill in her plea. Why doesn't he just, why doesn't he just tell her to, you know, beat it? I'm busy. The disciples want him to do that. I mean, after all, the great healer, the one supposedly open to all people, the Samaritan, unclean, faithful, or otherwise. Why doesn't he heal that daughter? Why does he hesitate, which is so untypical of him? Is he thinking maybe about the conversation that he just had with the uh, Pharisees and the scribes from Jerusalem? Is he maybe thinking about what he has just said to the crowd that was, was drawn like flies to honey, to the confrontation with the religious powers that be? I mean, he was setting everybody on their heads. And he said, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. It's what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Well, what is it that has defiled this woman that was standing before him? Whom he will sooner refer to, I'll bet indirectly, as a dog. What is it that has just come out of her mouth that has defiled her, other than she's, she's got a plea for mercy for her tormented daughter. And so Jesus is thinking, this Canaanite woman, this dog is, and you have to excuse me, is hounding him. And the disciples too, they're coming from him from another direction. They're also hounding him. They want him to send her away. They're upset. She keeps shouting at us. They could have encouraged Jesus just to, you know, give her what she wants. Get rid of her. I mean, really, seriously, what difference does it make? If she gets what she wants, we get some peace, everybody wins, right? But they didn't. And apparently... To Jesus, it does make a difference. Jesus' first response is to his disciples. He said, all of you, he said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And his first response, in other words, is to clarify to them what his mission and ministry is all about. And so while the disciples are percolating and they're trying to chew on that, the woman kind of elbows her way through them and confronts him, Jesus, with a simple, heartfelt plea. She kneels down before him and she says, Lord, help me. 
Now, she didn't say, help me if you can. She didn't say, if you are really who you say you are, then help me. Apparently, there is no doubt in her mind that he is indeed who he says he is. And he is indeed able to help her. You know, there's none of, you know, the doubting Peter and doubting, you know, Thomas. There's none of this going on. Remember last time, uh, Peter sanctified doubt. He expressed, uh, you know, uh, when he and the rest of them saw Jesus on the water. What did they say? Was it Jesus or was it a ghost? Lord, if it is you, uh, you didn't get any of that from this woman. She no doubt in her mind knew that Jesus was there to help her. And she knew that Jesus could heal her daughter if only he will. But why wouldn't he? I mean, that's the question. Why wouldn't he? Why is Jesus so reluctant to heal this little girl? at the request of her desperate mother. And then Jesus tells her, you know, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And Jesus is, again, he's clarifying his mission and his ministry. He is making a distinction between the children, which is Israel, of course, and also of the dogs, those that are outside of of of, it must be said, seemingly lesser importance. But this Canaanite woman, apparently she, she, she was undeterred. She, she was not at all offended by that put down. And she counters that even the dogs are worthy of crumbs. And then Jesus responds, and it can be said that he responds by once again, he was clarifying his mission and his ministry. And he said, woman, great is your faith. His mission, his ministry are above all to respond to faith. And her daughter is healed instantly. So, what just happened? Was Jesus bested in an argument by this Canaanite woman, this dog that's representing and presenting us with an early triumph for feminism? Or does Jesus, afflicted by doubt, does he change his mind about the focus of his mission and his ministry? You know, changing his mind, when we think about it, would not be so unusual in itself. Jesus is the Son of God, God's presence with us on earth, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And God has been shown throughout Scripture that sometimes he does change his mind. And we saw it in, in Genesis. Remember Abraham's bargaining with God over the fate of, of, of Sodom and Gomorrah? And we see it in the story of Exodus and during the golden calf incident when in the face of Moses, he pleases, please God, change about wiping out Israel, Israel and starting all over with just Moses. 
And then we see it again in the, in the book of the prophet Jonah. When faced with Nineveh's unabashed repentance, God changes God's mind about destroying that city. Much to Jonah's, he wanted them to destroy it. But God said, no, they repent, they live. And so they repented. So Nineveh represented the dogs among dogs, the capital city of Assyria. That was Israel's deadliest enemy, Assyria, which finally carried Israel off into exile. So why wouldn't Jesus change his mind if the situation called for it? He would, he would only be following the pattern set by his father when confronted with repentance and above all with faith. Why wouldn't he move from judgment to grace and from withholding mercy to give it out liberally? So you might be thinking, okay, so what just happened? Well, our tradition holds that Jesus the Christ has two natures. He has a fully present divine nature, an indwelling of God's being so full and perfect that it can be said that Jesus, when he walked on earth, was truly God with us in every sense of the term. He was full and a perfect human nature. He was human in every way that we are human, with the exception that he did not sin. And here we are given a glimpse of Jesus in all his humanity. And we are shown humanity in all its fullness. And here we are shown what it is to be human, what it is to recognize sin in ourselves and, and its inception and stop it and ourselves before it does damage. And most of all, we are shown here in the nature and the reach of faith. Who has faith? Who is capable of faith? Whose faith is strong? Whose is, if not weak, not quite as strong? So we see a glimpse of Jesus in his humanity. He is confronted by an obvious foreigner, an outsider, one outside of the reach of his ministry and his mission. And his first reaction is just to ignore her, if not to send her away outright. And yet, it is part of his human to also wait. He hesitated. He wanted to stop. He wanted to think things over. He wanted to remember what he had just said to the Pharisees and to the scribes about clean and unclean and how those terms had outlived their usefulness. He's dwelling, he's percolating, he's thinking about all of this. And it's part of his humanity to allow his mind to be changed in the face of, of crying human need. It is part of his and our humanity to shift focus, at least in the extreme circumstances, to be moved and motivated by grace and mercy and not by theological, political, or historical agenda. It is a part of our humanity to catch ourselves when we see ourselves going down the path which does not fully honor the Father and faith in the Father. So what just happened? 
our most basic Christian principle has been affirmed. We are saved by faith. Wherever it may be found, inside the community, outside of it, among your friends, among those who have been considered enemies and outsiders since forever. This Canaanite woman, this dog, whatever else she may lack, she didn't lack faith. And there is no doubt in her mind that Jesus can help her. And there is no doubt in her mind that Jesus, who is the son of Israel's David, the son of God, the son of man, that he can and will provide the healing that she needs. In the face of so great a faith, Jesus' only response will be, let it be done for you as you wish. And let it be so for us. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, what, a, what a, an interesting way to look at it, and how Jesus changed his mind. But the same thing as applies to us as it did to her, faith. We have to have faith. And when we have faith, Jesus will respond by let it be done for you as you wish. And so let it be so for us. Amen.